0: He's involved in a number of businesses.
1: He's a great role model. Telling it like it is, giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis.
2: This is Cats at Night, the number one show at 5 o'clock. Right now, it's after dark. It means we're broadcasting from Miami all the way up to northern Canada, to the northern strip of Europe. So we're in 38 states right now, and uh, welcome America. Uh, In the studio with us, we have Judge Richard Weinberg, and we have uh, Congressman Peter King, and on my side, on my sidekick, Lydia Sarani, can you bring back who, who do, we have some great show today?
3: We have a fantastic show. We're going to be speaking with John Solomon, Congresswoman Nicole Meliotakis. And straight she's going to
2: in from the floor of the Congress.
3: Absolutely. Ambassador John Bolton, Dr. Dr. Peter Mikolos. And then right now on the line, we have Michael Goodwin. He's a Pulitzer Prize winning writer. He is a columnist with the New York Post, among many other uh, prestigious titles you hold michael goodwin and your latest column now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of the party very similar to that what was that patrick henry quote now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of our country
4: yes that's the old typing uh, instruction if you ever took a typing class uh that was how you practice now is the time And uh, I think now is the time for Republicans to stop the nonsense. Uh, I think they're embarrassing themselves, and I think they're creating the impression that they don't know how to govern and that uh, maybe voters made a mistake in electing them because they're not putting their new majority to good use. They can't seem to get out of square one. I mean, they can't even – bring the, bring the congress into being because you have to elect a speaker so that the members can be sworn in so it's a it's a mess and i don't think that the holdouts uh, for Kevin against Kevin McCarthy have any real alternative i mean it's it, it's kind of fascinating when you look at the way the voting has gone there were, in the first round, scattered 19 votes for other people. I think the most anyone got was 8 or 10, whereas McCarthy's getting 203 or whatever. Uh, and then the second round, uh, they all go for Jim Jordan. And then in the third round, uh, they all go for uh, Jordan again, 20 of them. So, And today it's uh, Byron Donald, a uh, congressman from Florida, Donaldson. So they don't really have a candidate. They just have a group of people who don't like Kevin McCarthy, roughly 10 percent of the Republican caucus. So the 10 percent is holding up the 90 percent. And I do not envision a process where, you know, I think it's going to be very hard for anybody to win now because you can only afford to lose four votes.
5: Michael, this is Pete King. I don't even think it involves Kevin McCarthy. These are the same guys who are against John Boehner. They're against Paul Ryan. And basically, they are against any sort of compromise. Uh, like we have uh, your votes coming up, like the debt ceiling. And if you're in a divided government, there have to be some compromises somewhere. And the first compromise, whoever the next speaker is, whether it's McCarthy or Scalise, whatever, these guys are going to turn on him. It's just a, it's a bad situation. It really is.
4: Yes. Uh, thank you, P, for making that point, because they're um – I don't even see a a coherence to their to their political philosophy. I mean, they're they're sort of all over the map. I mean, the fact that Trump came out today and endorsed McCarthy again, told them to get on with it, and had no impact. uh, It's almost like they're on another planet. I mean, I'm not sure what what uh, they are adhering to. What's guiding their thinking? I mean, there have been reports from Newt Gingrich and others that. They've, they've tried to negotiate with McCarthy, and it's very much about themselves. I want to be chairman of this committee. I want this right. I want that right. Uh, I mean, I, it seems pretty personal instead of really political philosophy in the end also.
5: Yeah, and it has really, again, I don't think it has much to do with any issue at all. These are, of the 19 of them, it was 19 and now there's 20. Uh, of that 19, there's maybe two or three anyone had any respect for. These are, a lot of them are hangers-on. And uh, very few of them have achieved anything. They're backbench people, they uh, sort of stragglers, but they're getting them, you know, this is their 15 minutes of fame, and they're probably raising a fortune in fundraising back in their district. But this isn't some you know, climactic struggle like between slavery and freedom or war and peace. This is just 19 people who want to oppose anything that even smacks of a compromise and are willing to do whatever they have to to bring down the House. They have no no sense of history, no sense of Uh, tradition at all. And again, uh, I've had disagreements with Kevin McCarthy. I would have voted if I were there. But I think it was almost anyone. If Paul Ryan had come
3: back, or John Boehner. If
5: if Steve Scalise was the first guy out, I think they would have done this to him.
3: Why do this, though, on the world stage? Why couldn't they come to an agreement weeks ago at the very least? Because
5: there's nothing to agree on. They just want all assignments to themselves. And by the way, people say McCarthy should make compromises. I can tell you the most angry people in the House right now are the 202 Republicans. They don't want to give these guys anything. They're getting mad at Kevin for even talking to these people. Mike,
3: Michael Goodwin?
4: That's a very interesting point that, uh, uh, you know, why should they, uh, in exchange for their vote— which is no more than than the other uh representatives have why should they jump ahead in seniority and, and and things like uh chairmanships and whatnot i mean i just i just feel like it it doesn't feel like a rebellion in the sense of a of a different philosophy it just feels like a very narrow we don't like him we don't like this we don't like that mm-hmm. and what they're holding out for or who they're holding out for is not clear because there is no right. one but I mean, the, the Byron Donaldson, the latest uh, taste of flavor of the day, there's no way in the world he's going to get uh, 220 votes from all the Republicans, 222 votes. I mean, so he's not going to win. Uh, Scalise couldn't win. Uh, Jordan didn't want it. Um, they've really boxed themselves into a corner, it seems
6: to me. Michael, it's it's Richard Weinberg. What troubles me is there are so many important issues that the country has to deal with. We need a real check and balance against the Biden administration. There needs to be real investigations, real legislation, real control of the taxing and the spending. And they're wasting time. As you correctly point out, they can't even organize they can't create committees. They can't hire staff. They can't even be sworn in. They can't set a calendar. Nothing can be done until they vote for the speaker, and they're wasting valuable time, and that's very dangerous. And there's and there's a real credibility damage for the Republican Party because, as you correctly point out, the world is going to look at this and say these people are not capable of being ups and governing.
4: Yeah, look, I think it's a black eye for the whole party. Uh, it may be just these 20 or whatever, but – I think it looks to the world. I mean, not everyone pays, you know, great attention to this. They say, oh, there they go again in Washington. And, you know, look, uh, the Republicans were won a very narrow majority. There were predictions of a red wave that didn't materialize, but they have won enough seats over the last two elections to stitch together this majority. And this is how they use it. Uh, It seems to me that if if I'm a voter who, again, is not paying rapt attention to this, I'm saying, why did I ever vote for these people? I mean, why? I expected they were going to get things done. I mean, they were going to do something uh, to stop Joe Biden, to stop uh, uh, the out of control Senate. Uh, They've done nothing but embarrass themselves. I, I think it. It, it, it's not a one-day problem now. Each day it goes on, it seems to me, it magnifies the damage.
5: And they want this provision that at any time either one person or five person can demand a vote to remove the Speaker, how can he go out and negotiate effectively with the President or with the Senate, knowing that he has to go back to this crowd that can overthrow him anytime?
4: Yeah, it, it's not the sort of thing that, uh, I, I mean, McCarthy was willing to come down to five, as I understand yeah. it. Uh, and they wanted one uh, so that any one person could trigger that vote. Uh, see, that, that's the point. It doesn't make sense. Nobody would want the job under those circumstances. So you have to wonder, what really is the objective here? Or is there, a, is there an objective, or is it just like a temper tantrum?
5: I, I think it's their moment in the sun. I mean, nobody else will be listening to these people other than this. This is their one time. Also, you know, they criticized McCarthy in 2020, Donald Trump lost by 7 million votes, but Kevin McCarthy picked up 20 House seats in the same election. To me, that, that shows good political leadership. And he did you know, uh, you know, put the House over now as far as a majority. So that's uh, like 35 funded, seats. Yeah. And he
6: funded these people, too. A large He's,
5: number of these people. He raised $238 million.
6: Right. He funded that's a lot of these people who are voting against him now.
4: But, but you know what else to suggest? Of course, we're talking about being able to get things done. Will they be able to get things done? Let's assume they settle this soon, and if it's Kevin McCarthy or somebody else, will they ever be able to get a major- to hold their, their narrow majority together? I, I worry about that.
2: I, I think they're, they're going to come up with uh, uh, anything that looks anything like a compromise, that these guys are just going to stand up and, and be a
6: blockade. And and Peter alluded to it. The first thing they're going to have to deal with is this debt ceiling issue, which is always fraught with controversy.
5: And it's going to involve negotiations and any compromise that the Republican speaker makes. These guys are going to try and sandbag the whole deal.
4: And that's the kind of thing where I know I know a speaker doesn't like to do this, but McCarthy is going to have to rely on Democratic votes for something like that.
5: And they'll say he's a Uh, rhino
4: yeah yeah I mean that's what the, so uh, i think I think the path forward is not going to be you know open once this is settled. I think this is going to set the table for a lot of this kind of stuff of with such a narrow majority, five people can stop anything um, it's It's going to be a very hard time for the Republicans to get anything done that makes voters happy who sent them there to to put a break. On the on the Democrats, which, because which if, if you're going to need Democratic votes for for anything significant, that's going to be a very different kind of speakership than we've seen.
6: And Gates's comment that allegedly uh, was made, he doesn't care if there's a Democratic speaker. And yeah. what is he's that certainly about?
4: acting like that? I don't know if he made that statement, but he's certainly acting like that because this thing could fall apart. And even by accident, uh, you know the way the votes are counted. If people don't show up to vote or whatever, and if uh, uh, Jeffries continues to get a hundred percent of the Democratic vote, uh, it's not that. The far Democrats off.
2: never have a problem. They get a hundred percent of their Senate vote. They get a hundred percent of their uh, mm-hmm. uh, of their uh, congressional vote. Except okay. when uh, when when the other guys in West Virginia and Arizona they need a yeah. full, they need a bridge to nowhere.
4: Mm. Yeah. You know, 20 uh, years ago, um, there there was a sense about the parties that the the Democrats fall in love and the Republicans fall in line and meaning that the Republicans were the organized ones. They were the they were the obedient party that came together and always stuck together. Um, I don't know. That's that's not what we're seeing now. Now we're seeing the Democrats can hold their votes virtually all the time. I mean, you mentioned Manchin and cinema, but uh, otherwise the Democrats in the House, Nancy Pelosi had n- almost no defections from anything she threw up. Ever. At. Ever. Even from the AOC side.
5: Well, the AOC, the right. Henry Cuellar. She, she had she kept a them narrow
4: in line. majority, and they stuck together.
3: Well, thank you uh, so much. Thank you so much, Michael Goodwin, and we look forward to your next column, sir. Always. Uh, Always a pleasure. Thank, thank you, you all. Thank you. And uh, we're going to go to right Nicole Malliotakis right on you know the floor. You know her well, Peter King.
5: Congresswoman Nicole Malliotakis, who is a tiger and a fighter, and thank God she's down there from New York, I'll tell you that. Put a
3: tiger in your tank.
5: Oh, she's great. She's the best.
3: Congresswoman, so they've adjourned now the House until 8 p.m., and then what, you guys come back. Tell us the latest. What is going on? Is there any hope of a resolution here?
0: Well, well, thank you guys for having me, uh, Peter. It's great to to see you. We could certainly use you down here as well today. Um, look, it's, it's obviously it's been a very frustrating um, couple of days. Uh, we came in with high hopes yesterday that we would be getting the people's business done already. We had on the calendar. Uh, our first bill was to to uh, defund the 87,000 IRS agents that Biden wanted to weaponize against the American people, businesses, and the middle class. We were going to today pass legislation uh, to protect our energy resources and prohibit the president from raiding the strategic uh, reserves and and sending our oil that we need here in the United States to China. Uh, We were going to move forward uh, tomorrow with plans to pass my bill to hold prosecutors accountable, Uh, rogue DAs like Alvin Bragg that don't want to do their job. Uh, We were going to pass our Border Security Act. So we had legislation that we had been working on for two years under the leadership of Kevin McCarthy, the very things that the American people said they wanted to see addressed. And uh, it was disappointing when we came in and we saw that we weren't going to get it together in terms of electing a speaker. Now, during the last two years, uh, I'm sorry. During the last two months, uh, we've had all conversations. We we want to all improve this institution. We didn't like how it was being run by Nancy Pelosi. The way she jammed down a trillion dollar spending bills that are thousands of pages without giving us ample time to read it. And so members made demands of how what we wanted to see done to better better equip us to do our jobs. And one of those things was giving us 72 hours to read legislation, making sure we had the Congressional Budget Office giving us a score of how inflation would be impacted by bills, uh, making sure that if we spent money, we had to cut money from somewhere else. We couldn't just keep on adding to the $31 trillion debt. These are all reasonable requests and Kevin McCarthy listened and he made these changes and adjustments in accordance to the requests of the members. But here we are, and it's, we're saying, at what point do we move forward now? We, we should be unified in, in, in moving forward so we can get the job we were elected to do done. And so I'm not sure if there will be a resolution tonight. I know right now there's representatives of both sides uh, sitting together trying to you know, figure this out. But it's a shame that 10% of the conference uh, is holding up everyone's ability to move forward. Because at this point, it's not about rules changes, it's not about – what's best for the country or the conference. It's actually their personal interest, you know, what committees they want. they got a hump on their shoulder.
2: they got a hump on their back. You know a lot of these people, I'm sure. What do they say to you?
0: Well, you know, I mean, look, the thing is this. When when you hear some of the members objecting on the floor, they're talking about securing the border. And, And we want to secure the border, too. We all want to secure the border. That's why we have a bill ready to go, Border Security Act. They talk about not wanting to pass 1.9 trillion dollars spending bills. But well, guess what? We all voted against it. Uh, leader McCarthy, uh, m- you know, it was as vocal as he could, uh, saying that our conference was going to stick together, and vote against it. And so we don't want to. We don't want to see those things either. We want time to read bills, and that is one of the things the leader agreed to do. I mean, th- these are he's made good government changes to the way this body functions. And the thing is now they're just serving as obstacles and impediments preventing us from getting together and actually do our job. The reality is on policy, we agree mostly we're on the same page. And we have a number of pieces of legislation to address the issues. And we should be moving forward to, to hold up this entire Congress from getting to policy. When we have an open southern border, we have inflation that is crushing Americans. We need en- more <clears throat> energy produced in this country uh, because people are, can't afford food and gas prices and to heat their homes. To hold the Congress hostage at this point for personal, personal issues, personal interests, whether because they don't like Leader McCarthy, they just don't like him and they don't want him there, or because they're looking to, you know, leverage to get on a particular committee, it's wrong and it's not in the best interest of the conference or or, or of the Congress. And yesterday they spent the all day voting for Jim Jordan when Jim Jordan is supporting Leader McCarthy as well. So at this point, the 10% should stop impeding. Uh, They should join President Trump, Jim Jordan, myself, our colleagues in supporting Leader McCarthy. And let's move forward in a unified front and understand that it is President Biden who we want to hold accountable. It is it is the Senate that we want to try to push to do the right thing. It shouldn't be each other. We should be working together to push the Democrats to join us in doing the right thing for this country. Nicole,
5: is there anything on the table that you see as being promising? Is there any real chance of working something out tonight, do you think?
0: You know, I, I, there's room for optimism. I, I think a lot of the members are optimistic, and we'll, you know, I, the specifics are, are being, you know, maybe hashed out right now. But but we, you know, we are hopeful that we can move forward. But I still think you're going to have. I don't think it's going to be unanimous. I still think you have a couple of holdouts. I don't see a situation where Gates votes for McCarthy because I don't think he. I think it's a personal issue with him. It's not about policy. It's not about uh, how the conference functions or how Congress functions. It is about personal vendetta you know that he has so i i just don't see that everyone go on board but i think the ones who are are you know principled and fighting because they want to see legitimate changes i think those we can work something out and that we can get the necessary votes the 218 uh to move forward congresswoman
3: um malia Takis, is it true that rumor that met gets uh gates said he would rather he he doesn't care if there would be a democrat speaker
0: that that was that is true. He did say that, and and you know what? I I there was a video that emerged of him talking with Alexandria Ocasio Cortez on the House floor, which I think was very upsetting uh, to a lot of wow. the members because you know we you know we shouldn't be you know negotiating here with socialists. And I think some members are here to govern, right? Some people are here to govern, and other people uh are 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 looking to you know in, in, in raise money improve their name recognition sell books whatever it is um but but they're not necessarily here uh to do the job that they were actually elected to do and so i i really um you know am, am disappointed that uh, we have members like that in our conference that are are willing to jeopardize the overall overall republican party and, and conference and our country um and it's it's just uh look it's disappointing but uh, look, I'm hopeful that again we could find a resolution. Uh, Leader McCarthy is the only one that ha- you know has the most votes. No one else has emerged as somebody who's running who has shown that they had the ability. They keep putting names out there, but it's not, it's not, it does. They don't really make sense. And I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this too. Leader McCarthy has actually helped us tremendously get the majority. We would not have a majority mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him. He two consecutive cycles, crisscrossed around this entire country, recruiting candidates, supporting candidates. He put together our commitment to America. He he put together task forces where we developed and crafted legislation to be ready for this moment to lead, to have policy, to to really um, show the American people that we can take this country in a different direction because it's just been destructive under one party rule. And yes, so Nic- we Nicole, we got to take afternoon. a break. Thank,
2: thank you so much for calling in from the floor to Congress. And and I guess you're going back to work at 8 o'clock tonight. Good luck, and our uh, uh, prayers are with you.
3: Keep us posted if you can. Great
5: job, Nicole. Right. Thank, thank you. Great thank job.
1: You, Nicole.
3: Thank you. Uh, now, just a short time ago, we spoke to uh, John Solomon. John, what do you have for us?
1: An extraordinary day, something we haven't seen in a century. For the second straight day, Congress has failed to pick a speaker. There have now been six votes and Kevin McCarthy has lost all six of them. He has fallen about 20 to 21 votes short each time. And uh, that has triggered finally uh, a series of negotiations that will carry on into the night. Uh, There was some important intervention today. Just the News has confirmed that overnight, President Trump got Kevin McCarthy and the leader of the opposition, Congressman Scott Perry of Pennsylvania on the phone saying, fellas, do something, break the stalemate, negotiate, stop the charade on TV. That set in motion some discussions all around the caucus today. Just a few minutes ago, I was able to confirm that Kevin McCarthy has created a negotiating team that's going to include four of the 20 people opposing him, some of the moderates in the conference. And their job is to iron out all the differences, get a deal that Kevin McCarthy will agree to, and get this uh, election over. It's uh, uh, now two days and six votes, uh, one of the longest episodes in American history.
3: Wow. Wow. You know, I th- I feel like the Democrats, though, they're salivating at this whole, at this whole thing happening.
1: They they are. In fact, there's a funny moment just before the sixth vote began, the sixth unsuccessful vote. Uh, Kat Kamek, a congresswoman from Florida, the youngest Republican in the House right now, uh, she uh, actually said, I think the Democrats have blankets, popcorn, and lots of alcohol. This is like entertainment for them. So she even acknowledged what an opportunity this was for Democrats. If the Republicans get their act together, if they can get their leader and get to the people's business, such as addressing the border, crime and and budget spending, and, and get some of those investigations going, I don't think people will remember this long term. But right now it's an eyesore because Americans said, hey, we hired you, and you don't even know how to get your CEO into the building. So I think there's a lot of concern right now. But it will disappear if Republicans can get onto the business of actually doing the people's business. Enough of Washington. What else is going on in our country? Well, that's a great question. Uh, there are some really interesting moments in law enforcement. Uh, uh, again, maybe a little bit in Washington, but to an issue I think a lot of people care about. We've seen all of the evidence now of the FBI pressuring big tech companies to censor Americans' opinions, thought, not not Russian disinformation, but Americans' opinions. Um, I had on my show yesterday the former criminal division chief of the FBI, one of the highest-ranking people in the FBI, one of the most respected uh, FBI officials in the last many years. Uh, and he came on and said, you know what? My agency, which is it was created by law to be independent, has lost its independence. It has yielded to political appointees in the Justice Department who have a liberal bias. I'm not part political, he said, but I can tell you they're liberal. And the FBI is allowing them to run roughshod and force the FBI to do things that earlier generations of the FBI would never have considered doing, like, labeling parents as domestic terrorists, like asking Twitter to censor Americans, like launching an investigation of Donald Trump without a predicate to prove that there really was evidence of a collusion that would warrant such an investigation. A very a cogent uh, uh, interview. And by the way, this man has been behind Chris Ray, been a defender of the FBI, consistently even was the chairman of a very important independent commission that looked at the Fort Hood killings that uh, disturbed all of us a few years ago. This is one of the most largest and most independent voices to come out and saying, my FBI, the FBI worked in for two or three decades, is broken. We've got to stop censoring people. How high up is them. this guy? He was an assistant director of the criminal division. He just retired recently. Very well respected. Uh, well, and what defense.
2: I've said publicly, and we only have about 30 seconds left, what i said publicly is that Christopher Ray should stand up and be yep. a man. That's you right. know, you're, you're the head of the FBI. Be a man. and and say enough is enough, uh, that uh, we're an independent agency and we're going to do what's right.
1: I couldn't agree more. That's exactly what Chris Wecker said yesterday. Dare
2: them to to fire him. But if you're going to go out, go out as a man.
1: That's exactly good advice. Excellent advice.
2: Yes. Well, thank you so much, uh, John Solomon, and we'll talk to you again real soon because uh, we like what you say.
1: Thank you. I really enjoyed being on your show. Thanks, John. Thanks, Lydia. Bye-bye.
3: Be, be a man. You know, I still can't get over with uh, Congresswoman Nicole Meliotakis said she basically confirmed for us that Matt Gates actually said that he wouldn't care that if a Democrat became Speaker. What's your reaction, Congressman King? Uh,
5: disappointed but not surprised. What Matt Gates is all about him. He'll do anything to get his name out there. He enjoys getting this moment of uh, importance right now. And if he can negotiate with the most radical socialist in the Congress, and he can, that's going to get attention. The fact that we're talking about it now, that may, makes Matt Gates happy. He's a fraud, and a, it's really terrible that he's able to hold the, con, the Negotiating Congress Negotiating
3: with a socialist? Right. Uh, real quick, Judge Weinberg, what do you think? My eyes are bleeding and my
6: head is exploding. I can't believe they won't elect McCarthy as Speaker.
3: Wow. All right. Well, I'll keep it right here. We still got Lou Dobbs coming up, and then we'll also be speaking with Ambassador Bolton. Cats and Night when we return.
1: This is Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis. You're a classic example of the people who built this country. On 77 WABC. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis in Cats at Night on 77 WABC.
3: Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night show in studio. Of course, John Katz Matidis, Judge Weinberg, and Congressman Peter King on the line with us right now. We have Ambassador John Bolton, Ambassador Bolton. I know Judge Weinberg, you were, you well, big fan. You were. Uh, I always am,
6: uh, Ambassador. You had two very interesting uh, columns recently. One, you said, "When is Biden going to stand up and do something about China, face the China threat?" And the second article was. Doesn't the West realize that it really has to stand up and defend the Ukraine because Russia can still win? Would you talk about those two articles, please?
7: Well, I think uh, the country is learning about the threat that China poses uh, pretty rapidly, uh, and and it's the breadth of the threat—economic, political, military—really across the board—that requires an American strategy and response. The Biden administration has been dominated by its desire to negotiate climate change agreements with China. And it has interfered essentially with everything else because the Chinese say, well, if you want to talk about climate change, then you have to give up on this point or give up on that point, which they've been too willing to do. So I think the people of the country are moving ahead of the administration on China and it'll be uh, an important part, I think, of the 2024 presidential debate on, on Ukraine. You know, the, Military situation is in gridlock now. We we can all celebrate the successes of Ukraine's forces uh, uh, during now this uh, long war since the end of February. A lot of American and other NATO assistance, military aid, intelligence aid. Uh, But it's uh, it's not over for the Russians yet. Their military performance has been abysmal so far. But it may turn out there's actually a Russian general with some creativity who could cause real problems. The Russians are digging in for the long haul, Uh, and it's not enough for us to say, well, this war can go on for a long time because plenty of other people around the world, especially in China, are watching how the West responds to this invasion. And if we don't get it right here… As you mentioned, I think we're going to pay a price not only in Ukraine, but elsewhere around the world.
6: I agree with you. And what I'm very concerned about is opening up another front, a so-called second front, if Belarus gets involved. What do you think about that?
7: Well, certainly Vladimir Putin has spent a lot of time with uh, President Lukashenko of Belarus. Uh, uh, I also worry at some point we're going to see the Russians formally reabsorb Belarus as part of Russia. I mean, that if ever, anyone wants to look at a map... That would have a pretty profound impact on security for Poland and uh, the Baltic Republics, Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania. So these these negotiations between the Russians and the Belarusians have enormous impact. And I think the Ukrainians are quite worried because their forces, as well as they've done, are under strain. And if Russia with Belarus could open up a completely new second front, it would be a real problem for the Ukrainians. I'll go
6: ahead. And what would they do? What would we do about that? What would the United States and the Western allies do about that if Belarus comes in?
7: Uh, You know, it depends on how it unfolds, obviously. But uh, I think more weapons would certainly be in order. But the real pressure point, and I think this is what the Kremlin is looking at, is just how many Ukrainian forces can you divert from the Donbass front or southern Ukraine and move to the north? Uh, And what effect would reducing their forces in the south – uh, have what opportunity could it give the russians down there so it, it's being caught in this trap really that i think the ukrainians are, are correctly worried about
5: john this is pete king first of all thanks for all your columns thanks for all your work now, getting back to ukraine or, or uh, saying with ukraine if for some reason russia does prevail in ukraine or does better than they should what will that do with our relationship with countries like germany how how much can we count on them sticking with us going forward especially because of the energy control that russia would have
7: well, you know, the the best thing going for Europe right now is they've had a warm winter. So so much for all this concern about global warming because it's reduced demand for natural gas, helped keep the price down, and reduced pressure on their manufacturing industries. Having said that, uh, Putin is, I think, quite aware of the point you make about Germany, and I would add France to that as well. These are weak points within uh, Europe, weak within NATO, uh, and I think uh, uh, the Kremlin understands what they – are not able to win on the battlefield and certainly have not been able to win so far, maybe they can win politically and diplomatically by splitting the Western alliance. And Putin is, I think, the, the lines on the ground are going to be frozen essentially for the next couple, three, four months. And Putin and the Russians hope to use that opportunity to find divisions among the Western allies and exploit them.
6: And switching back to, to China, What's the impact of this resurgence of uh, of COVID in China? The fact they're opening up their borders, they're shipping their people all over the world again. What does this mean for the security of the United States and uh, Western Europe?
7: Well, I think we've got to be worried about it. And, and much like uh, the original outbreak of COVID in 2020, there's an awful lot we don't know about what's going on in China. I mean, there have been reports that something like 30 million new cases a day are being developed, that uh, an estimate just came out today that the total death toll in China could be 1.7 million from this outbreak because their vaccines are not very good. They don't have a lot of natural immunity because of the lockdown policy. Uh, and, And things could get quite chaotic, and it could spread from China certainly first to nearby countries in in Asia, but then to the United States. So I think the Biden administration, uh, I would certainly favor much more extensive testing on people coming into the United States uh, directly or indirectly from China, working with South Korea, Japan, Taiwan, and others. The Chinese won't tell us what's going on. We've got to do a better job of trying to get uh, ground truth on this before the thing gets out of control.
2: And the only way we can get the truth is get it through our intelligence sources. I mean, uh, China is not going to tell you. And even if they tell you, you're not going to believe them.
7: Well, I think that's, I think that's right. And that, that gets to a, a pretty significant point. We're, we're not where we should be in, in our ability to find out what's going on in China. But, you know, the Biden administration, like all of us, would like to put COVID in the rearview mirror. And, and, and maybe this what's going on in China won't affect us. But who wants to take the chance? Uh,
2: Of our 17 or 18 agencies, the 18th we don't know about, uh, which one do you trust the
7: best? Well, I think they vary very considerably. And, you know, they all have different missions and and different responsibilities. But what we really need, and I would say this across the board for all of our uh, intelligence efforts, we need more human intelligence. We've got some of the best. Technical methods of collecting intelligence, uh, overhead photos from space, electronic intercepts, fantastic. If if the American people really knew what our capabilities were, they'd be proud of it. But what we do not have and haven't had uh, really since the Clinton administration uh, has been adequate human intelligence. And I think uh, just having more people on the ground in countries like China, it's a perfect example, uh, ought to be a priority.
2: And we agree with you. Well, uh, Ambassador John Bolton, thank you so much. And thank you for what you do for our country and continue to speak out for our country. And let's catch up again real soon.
7: That sounds great. Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year. Thank you. you.
3: And when we come back, we will be speaking with Senator Alphonse D'Amato. You don't want to miss it. He
2: is mad as hell.
3: That's right. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis, Cats at Night Show. Now on the line for us, we have Senator Alphonse D'Amato, the greatest senator there ever was and will be. Senator, what do you make of the chaos going down in Washington?
8: I think they look like a bunch of juveniles, babies who can't even get anything straight. And and I, I think they have already have shaken the confidence that peoples and and Republicans in particular have had in them and the hope uh, that they could do something now that they controlled one of the houses. Uh, uh, This is uh, an absolute disgrace for the party. And the 20 plus guys who are pulling this nonsense should be ashamed of themselves. Um, Absolutely ashamed. And, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, we want to have a voice. We want to be involved in these uh, important decisions. And obviously, with 20 votes, you'd certainly be involved. But to say that we want to have the ability to replace the speaker at any time, et cetera, and that's essentially one of the things they did. Five, They want five members uh, uh, can file a petition uh, or and and. Try to bring him up and have him removed. Well, what we do have contentious issues, things that uh, uh, not all the people in one party, the Republican Party, can agree on. So you mean if if five of them are, are unhappy uh, that they didn't get their way, uh, they're going to remove the speaker? This is nonsense. They ought to be ashamed of themselves. Hey, Alice Everyone. is Pete
5: King. Alice is Pete. How you doing? But I agree with everything Very you said. Good. And these guys are even worse than you think they are. I mean, I look at that cast of characters. Most of them couldn't get themselves arrested if they tried, and some of them are trying.
2: How do you elect it?
5: I think a, a lot of them represent that, you know, they win the base vote in these very overly red states, and if they get 5% or 10% of the people come out in the primary and vote for them, they win. That's basically it. It's a different world that they come from. And they, uh, for instance, like uh, a guy like Matt Gates. I mean, he was a guy who was being investigated for sex trafficking uh, no one follows him down there. I look at that list as maybe two or three people out of the 19 or 20 that anyone even knew about or had any any, any respect for. The others are the, you know, the real losers. They really are. And it's really shameful that they can. McCarthy's get 90% of the vote. How can you get 90% of the vote and lose when you have, it's only because a group like this is really trying to hijack the whole, the whole Republican caucus. It's really a disgrace. It is a
8: disgrace. And I have to tell you, It's going to hurt the Republican Mm -hmm. Party, but more than that, here we had an opportunity to do something with respect to the problems on the border. Here we have an opportunity to do something as it relates uh, to 87,000 new IRS agents. Hopefully, we can reverse that ridiculous uh, thing. Here we have an opportunity to do something with respect to the out of control spending. Here we have an opportunity. And we should take every Republican together to to, to vote, to expand uh, the production of gas and fuel in this country so that we are uh, not dependent on Russia and others. I, I mean, there are a lot of things that are at stake. And these jackasses are more interested in promoting themselves to be seen on television. And they say nothing with nothing. They are a disgrace, an absolute disgrace. I wouldn't support any one of them for anything.
6: Well, what particular, Senator, it's, uh, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. What's particularly troubling was reported and it's been confirmed that Gates said yep. that he wouldn't even care if a Democrat became Speaker. How could he do that to the Republican Party and to the people of this country who elected the Republican House Representatives?
8: Well, let me say this to you, they're childish, they're selfish, they're looking for their own aggrandizement. And and I have to tell you, uh, we should probably, if we can't get them to come over sooner rather than later, cut a deal with the Democrats. You're better off because they're better from the country than this group of 20 assholes. And that's what they got, 20 assholes, and and I, I wouldn't support any one of them or anything. They're against this country, and all they are for is their own image, to promote themselves, to walk around <laughs> and to say, you see, and to get on television and to get interviewed. This is a shame. Now, no one ever said democracy was easy. Will we overcome? Eventually we will. But this cast of characters, they don't deserve anything and any respect from anyone they are bad selfish people selfish at the expense of our democracy of our safety they should be working on 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 programs to go forward and to strengthen the border and to see that we have real
3: security and how senator damato we have to go to a hard break because uh we have to do it uh so thank you so much sir we have to go to that break and when we come back dr peter Mikulos.
1: You're commuting home with Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis on 77 WABC.
3: Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. Now we have our resident medical genius, Dr. Peter Mikolos. Dr. Mikolos, what do you have for us?
9: Well, I just wanted to give people an update because uh, COVID is starting to spread like wildfire again in the New York area. But thank God it's not as severe as in the beginning, because we have a largely vaccinated population and many of the unvaccinated survivors have antibodies against it. Uh, In the last seven days of the 50,000 hospital beds in New York State, only 3,000 have COVID patients in them. And of the um, ICU beds that we have, which are 5,000 beds, we only have about 500 people in the ICUs. And nationally, only 10% of ICU beds are filled with COVID patients, unlike back in the days of uh, 2020, when the majority of the beds were being filled up with ICU beds and even surgical ICU beds were converted to uh, ICU beds. The reality is uh, New York state area, we lost 75,000 people with COVID and 101 million cases in the United States with 1.1 million deaths. So basically it's a one in a hundred chance that if you get COVID, that you could end up with a, a problem and a fatality. And the thing that we talked about, which was interesting, that some countries, for example, like Africa, where only 20 percent of the population are uh, vaccinated, and they have 1.42 billion people. They've only had 258,000 documented deaths, and people started analyzing now that we have more information. And one of the things in Africa, it's interesting, they studied 50 cities At certain latitudes and temperature and humidity and they found that areas where there was higher temperatures and higher humidities that there was a much lower transmission and that in colder temperatures and drier area that accelerates the viral transmission and uh, again the other thing interesting is that they have a very low obesity rate in africa and they also really don't have a lot of nursing homes so they don't have the high risk older people gathered together in those countries, they tend to take care of their older parents and they take care of them at home. And a lot of the retired people in Africa go to their rural homes where they're spaced apart. They're not in crowded city cities as much. So they also have a very low percentage of people over uh, 65, which is also very uh, interesting in the statistics. And that explains part of their uh, very low uh, death rate. The uh, current variant in New York area and in the Northeast is presenting with Headache, cough, fever, feeling tired, and another interesting thing, the FDA pulled authorization for all IV monoclonal antibodies the first week of December. So now you can't get them anymore because they find that they're not effective against any of the new variants. So the only options we have are the Paxlovid oral antiviral and the Malnupiravir by Merck, and they are available to people age 12 and up and if you get diagnosed that's what they give you if you're high risk for uh, going on to more severe disease unfortunately it is readily available throughout the country right now and uh, that's where that's where we are currently with the uh, with the covid situation so even though there's a lot of cases thank god it's not as severe and people seem to be uh, getting through it even though we will lose people even regular flu it's estimated that this year we'll have the normal amount of flu deaths, 20 to 50,000 people a year still die from flu and the vaccines for flu are only about 46% effective. But if you're high risk, it's a good idea to get your flu vaccine and every year we update it so the anticipated new variants. And I think right now what we're gonna see are new oral antivirals coming online in the next few months and that's basically how we're gonna knock this thing out just like they did with AIDS because oral antivirals is like blocking the copy machine. And it knocks out all the variants, unlike the monoclonal antibodies, which target a specific variant. So things are getting better and looking up and looking positive. And uh, God bless America and the entire roundtable team. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Peter, and uh, thank you for everything. Uh, you keep the uh, our listeners aware of what's going on. Dr. Uh, Mihalosin, and uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, Congressman Peter King, Lydia Serrani, and John Katzmatidis here. And you know what we all stand for? Truth, justice, and the American way. God bless America. America needs all our help. So all your listeners out there, or possibly a million listeners out there, America needs your help. God bless.